0: Amen. I mean, just one little uh, snippet just before I invite Hannah to come up. And I meant to say this a couple of weeks ago. Um, just some of the things that are happening here. Um, I talked about us giving away $10,000 into the community, and we've been doing that, and that's awesome. And we've been receiving some emails back just saying thank you for the, the people that we have reached. Um, as you know, we go to Cambodia um, as a community. We'll be going there if you are new today for about four or five years and just helping see orphanages and schools established there, just the phenomenal work that's happening. And um, we received just recently $18,000 more just to see that work established. So a businessman uh, who I know uh, gave a a large sum of money to build a new orphanage and just in the last two, three weeks he's given sort of $18,000, $20,000 just to see things like school books and uniforms, everything that that orphanage needs to function. And so there are 35 to 38 children's lives that are being affected and being influenced by Christ and people that are partnered with Christ to see his kingdom come. So just just want to share that news with you, just phenomenal work that's happening. We've got a team going there in November for, uh, for about 10 days. We've got nine people going this trip. And so just ask you to start praying for that trip and for the people that are going. It's a phenomenal time. We have heaps of fun uh, you get challenge because you get to see other how pe- other people live. You get to see people living underneath the stars and it makes you realize how fortunate it is to maybe just have a shack and then we have houses. Uh, you get to see people that haven't eaten for uh, a week, maybe two weeks and so we're just so privileged to live in a, in a blessed nation um, called New Zealand and so if you want to pray for us and pray for the people going that God will just continue to do that work and that the needs that they have there uh, and that we have here would just be continually met through God's people. So that's awesome. Well, Hannah, let's welcome Hannah as she comes and shares with us this morning. We do this quite relationally here at The Rock, so we're just going to sit on, uh, on some couches. And really, this is about just Hannah sharing, uh, her story or, uh, with us. And, um, Hannah and Jay and Sam have been with us at the Rock for about a year now. And so it's awesome having, um, them here. And, um, I just asked Hannah if she would come and just share, uh, what God is, has and is doing in her life. And so we're, um, I asked us just to, just to listen this morning about the transformation that Jesus Christ is a living person, he's alive like he was 2,000 years ago, and when we seek him out and we will uh, give him our lives and trust him with our lives, uh, he can take um, us and literally transform us through his power and bring joy and peace and life and uh, and meaning and purpose, not only now but for eternity. And so I want to thank you, Hanafa, um, but saying yes and, uh, and being vulnerable and being open to this because this is not easy, um, but, um, it's going to be awesome. And so, um, I've just got some questions here. We're just going to see how we go. So, um, first question, Hannah, just maybe just tell us a little bit about you. Just tell us a little about your background. Um, and we'll just go from there.
1: So, um, I'm 36 years old and, um, I've got two children. I've got a son that's 15 and I've got a little girl that's one. And I've been married to Jay for about two years now. And, um, and, uh, I think we met about 2008. And so he's, um, American.
0: It was a wave, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to hide now.
1: Yeah, and so, and I grew up in um, Wainui, and um, I s- spent most of my life here on, um between Wainui and Taida, and, um, yeah, did you just me Yeah, what, what do you
0: do, what what of want
1: to work well, here? I'm a there? nutrition, and um, I run a little beauty salon out in the hut, yeah, and so um, I do all the paperwork and the marketing and all of that sort
0: of stuff. And you've got a couple of other little people on the way. Um, yeah, and them? I've
1: got, um, and we're having twins. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. Did that come as a surprise, or was that sort of we after one and got two, or we after two and got three? Um, or what kind of
1: <laughs> well, we thought there was only one, but it turns out there's two. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, that's awesome. God's good, isn't he? Eh? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what was life like growing up for you? Um, sort of what were some of the challenges of um, of growing up in your family and what were some of the things you had to face and
1: um, <coughs> So I'm the eldest of six children uh, three girls, three boys and um, <coughs> like I mentioned we grew up in Waianae and uh, my dad was really hard working, I'm the eldest of six so um, I had to be very responsible uh, were my brothers and sisters, and um, my dad was really hardworking, and he was the breadwinner of the family because my mum was always home with the children, and um, yeah, so he was really hard working He was very um, affectionate, and you know, and he he was a very good uh, breadwinner, but at the same time, he was always he was also quite um, He got quite stressed easily, and he was um, quite... He he could be quite violent at the same time. Um, So he would just turn from one person to the other very very quickly, and you had to just kind of try and read how he was feeling um, at the time. And so when that happened, we would just have to stay out of the way. (coughs) Otherwise, you know... Um, so that was hard, um, and <coughs> but we, I guess, just got used to it and thought that that was normal. And um, my mum, she was, she was always at home, um, but she had had quite an interesting background, and she was, even though she was there physically with us, it was like she wasn't there, like emotionally or mentally, she wasn't engaged, so we never really got to have conversations or um, speak to her and she wasn't um, affectionate towards us, which, I mean, I and I would see, when I would go to school, I would see other kids with their parents or with their mothers, and I would see what it would look like to have a mother daughter relationship or a mother children relationship, and it wasn't what I was experiencing. And so I did, I think that really hurt me. It really bothered me a lot. And so, and so this was quite normal. This was a normal lifestyle. And then, um, by the time I was about 14 and we just, we just thought it was completely normal. And by the time I was around 14, 15, yeah, I was, I, I don't know, I just felt, I, the only way I can explain it is that I felt very unloved and I just felt very um, worthless. And I just, you know, and so by the time I was 15, I left school. And, um, I was just hanging out at the local Marae. <laughs> and everyone was much older than me, because I was only 15. And, um, yeah, and I just spent a few years here and just hanging out and living with friends and whoever and one of my best friends and, um, and I think it was just a very, um, a very dark time. And, um, uh, my best friends, and we just, we would just drink at every opportunity that we got. So by the time I was 16, we were drinking constantly, like all the time, any opportunity that we got. And her, and so I was living with my best friend. Her sister had just got out of prison, so we were living, we were all living together. I thought it was great because you could just do whatever you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to smoke pond you can smoke pond fire. And, and, um, and all we had to do was babysit all her children, <laughs> which was great. Um, Yeah, so by the time I was 16 I was an alcoholic And um, just living everywhere And um, my best friend's boyfriend committed suicide um, During that time And her brother committed suicide first And then her boyfriend committed suicide and so it was very, um, it was just a really dark time and we just used alcohol as an escape and I s- smoked marijuana and went out partying and things like that. And so, um, by the time I was 19, I had met, <coughs> I had met someone and I thought, wow, this is great. He's going to save me. He's going to take me out of this life and he's going to help me, and he's going to love me, and, and I truly believe that, and so, by the time I was 19, I was living with this guy, and it just went from one dysfunction to the other, and to the next, and so, and by the time I was 20, I ended up pregnant to this guy, and, um, he was a drug addict, and was just a horrible relationship it was just very abusive and very volatile and then um and all sorts of I mean we had the police raid at our house mm-hmm. it was just crazy it was just crazy and people all sorts of people would come over and buy drugs and I some well, actually a lot of them I ended up getting to know but I kind of it was really weird i don't know i can't explain it but he got addicted to methamphetamine and so the abuse just got worse and it just went from one thing to the other and just and i think once he got addicted to methamphetamine i really started to feel quite um like i was in danger and it was really um yeah and so i think it was a really hard time
0: as all this is, is going on, um did you have any reality that there was a God? Like was in your in your childhood, was there any sort of talk about God and in all through those years, was there anything that was a a reality to you?
1: Um now and then like I was I mean I would hear I would hear about God, like you know, in my childhood, but there was no real reflection of a life that I aspired to, like i yeah, I didn't really know anyone that was living this life, like I didn't know anyone sure, I didn't yeah, so I mean, I would hear of people saying, "Yeah, I believe in God," and you know I would look at them and be like, "I don't want to." To live. Be like that. Yeah, I don't want to be like that. that, that That's just, yeah. And so, um, but I do remember, um, when I was in that relationship, this one random morning when I woke up and I just felt the urge to go to the local church where I was living. Mm. And, um, so I did. I got up and I got the baby up at the time. And, um, I went down to this local church and just sat there and no, no one spoke to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know anything about Christianity, I didn't know anything about God, like I I didn't know anything and I just sat there at the back with my baby and mm. no one talked to me. And I just left. And that was the only time I ever remember. But I could feel that I, I don't know what it was. It was just something kind of pulling me. To, to, towards God, and I just, yeah. I can't explain it. No one actually spoke to me about it or talked to me about God, but I just felt, you know, in those end years, in my late 20s, I felt this call towards God, but I didn't know, I didn't even know who that was. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You mentioned, um, when you were 14 that you were assaulted by a family friend. Um, yeah. How did that impact you, and and was that do you feel like that was a reason why maybe you got together with this 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 guy as well and saw him as a savior? Yeah.
1: Um, I think that impacted. Well, so <coughs> my dad's friend, I was supposed to drop something off, and so my dad's friend, um, sexually assaulted me, and. <coughs> And I, um, my brother, I told my brother and my parents found out. And, <clears throat> and, um, we ended up seeing this guy down at the local mall and my parents knew about it. And they, you know, he got into the car where I was, knowing what he had done. And no, and, you know, they knew, well, they supposedly knew what he had done. And I was made to sit in the same car with this person. And it just didn't make sense to me. You know, and I'm thinking, I'm a kid, and you're supposed to take care of me. And you're supposed to protect me and look after me and love me. And I just didn't feel that. You know, and I think that's what drove me into, like, a dark place. And it drove me into depression. And it drove me into having suicidal thoughts, and it just, you know, I think that for me was confirmation in my mind, because I had already had all those thoughts, you know, about my parents. I already felt, you know, neglected. I already felt unloved, you know, with all the, with all the Abuse that was going on, but I, uh, I think for me that just confirmed it. You know, and I, I don't, you know, I, I, I love my parents and I know that they did the best that they could at the time that they knew. And, you know, even today I'm not sure if they've realised the impact that it's had. And so, I think that, yeah, that's definitely it definitely contributed to my worthlessness, sure. my feeling of worthlessness. Yeah. yeah.
0: So you were with this um, chap for ten years. Um, how did how did how do you transition? What would take us through sort of the transition of maybe leaving him and in at, at the age of twenty nine, um, finding Christ. Like how, how did that all sort of happen? Was that a gradual thing that it happened quite suddenly? Um,
1: it was actually sudden. And so, um, I mean, I knew that my life was a mess, like a complete mess. Like, I knew that. And I just didn't know what to do about it, and I didn't know where to turn. And I didn't feel like I had anyone to turn to. And um, then we had a friend that invited us to church, and my sister started going along. And, I mean, I wasn't interested in going at all. (laughs) <laughs>
0: Your last experience wasn't that great.
1: No, I just yeah, I just saw this is crazy, but I'll just go for entertainment. And um
0: <laughs> Did you find any of that?
1: Oh <laughs> uh, well. Um yeah, well the singing was great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so – and then that night that we ended up going, she ended up going up for the altar call, and I just was like, this is just crazy – what are you doing? And, um, I was really embarrassed that she went up for the altar call.
0: So just, if, if you're new here and you're not sure what that is, that's when just we just invite someone to receive Christ as their Lord. And sometimes people will come down the front and pray a prayer. Mm. So, she, so that gets put out there. She's out of her seat and she's somewhere in, and you're yeah, like, what are I'm you doing? And I'm
1: standing there like, oh my gosh, what the heck is going on? It, um, yeah. And so, um, Yeah, and I think it just started from there, and I just felt like, um, and then I just started to see changes in life, and I just started to meet people that were Christians that were Mm. really living this life of freedom, Yeah. and I just started seeing God, like, for who he truly was.
0: Was that in people?
1: In people. in people. Yeah, in people. And I would see it and I would be like, Wow, that's that person is free and yeah, and and I remember just really um wanting that but not knowing like I've never read this before. I don't know who God is. Like I yeah, and I remember um just meeting people that were a reflection of Christ and who he was and and just really um seeing the freedom that these people had, and seeing the changes um in my sister as well and so that happened over about um three months, i think <coughs> before before I came to the end of my rope, and you know on oh, my knees just broken and just lost, like my life was a complete mess, and um even with a my son, like I had practically lost my son and, you know, because our relationship was so horrible, we weren't able to have him, you know, and yeah, and I just yeah, and then just one night I cried out to God and I committed my life and
0: and was that just uh, done in your home?
1: Yeah, yeah, and it was just done in my home. There was no old call and, you know, and I was just so broken and yeah. so lost and had no one to turn to. So I prayed, yeah.
0: And was there any sort of big things happening, little things <laughs> happening? What? Or just describe ex- what was sort of your feeling at that time?
1: Um, So if I described it now, if I described it then, I wasn't really sure what was going on. But if I describe it now today, it's just, I just felt like the Holy Spirit come upon me and just comfort me um, during that time. And I just, there was a real moment of, you know, I was committing my entire life Mm. in that moment. And um willing to be, you know, and, you know, it was like as if I was talking to someone, you know, and not like, yeah, just saying I'd commit my life and, you know, I don't, I don't know who you are, but I trust you and, you know, and I want to, to be led by you. And so, yeah, it was just such a moment of peace and, um, and comfort because i and I'd never ever experienced that type of peace before, because I was always you know in my head and in my mind and in my heart, there was always turmoil, and it was always you know and there was never any peace ever, but I just felt for the first time just the peace of God, yeah it was amazing
0: <laughs> and so take us from from that point. And what were some of the things that you started to 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 put in your life, or did you start going to a, a regular community? Did you hang out with your sister more? did start dialoguing?
1: Um. So I started praying like daily, sometimes for hours a day, and I started reading this, <laughs> and it actually started to make sense to me, you know, make sense, yep. and um. You know, and it was like when I would open it, it was like all of these words would just jump off the page and they would really impact me. And I remember the first thing God teaching me and it was uh, value, having value. And I would read Proverbs 31 and, um, and I just felt like He was speaking to me through this and telling me how, um, Precious I was to him, and actually installing that um, that worth that I never had, and so um, I started to change, and I started to actually have value for myself as a person, you know, because I never had that. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's so much in here. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah,
0: the Bible actually says, you know, there's a book in the Bible called Matthew, and it says that man cannot live on bread alone, meaning physical bread, but on every word that's from the Father, and that's what He is. He's a Father, and He has um, given us His living Word. This isn't just a book. This is handwritten by the Father to us, and as you're hearing about it, shapes and builds identity and value and and self-worth and and what's Fascinating about this, and this is what you're hearing is, you know, the Bible also says when you, if you will lose your life, you will find life. And that sounds crazy to us because we try to hang on to yeah. life. But actually what you're hearing is that the sense of a person letting go and losing themselves, they find themselves, but they find themselves in him. Um. Yeah. So, 29 years of age, young. <laughs> 29 <years. laughs> um, yeah. Literally, um, pray a, a simple but pro- profound prayer. You're acknowledging um, the Father comes through the sense of the Holy Spirit, which Jesus said, "I'm sending you my Spirit." Um, share with us some of the differences. So from from then uh, to now, take us through some of those things and the differences and the worth and the value that that you are as a person today.
1: Gosh, there's so many.
0: <laughs> we got two hours. Um,
1: so many, so many things have happened um, from then to now. So, um, yeah. So I think you know when I first um, came to the Lord, like um, as Greg mentioned earlier, the cross, and you know I realize now that it's not just a an ornament or a you know or a Sign. It's actually, you know, and we come to him to the foot of the cross and we bring our mess and he just turns it into this masterpiece. And I just really feel like that's what's happened to me. I've come to him after 29 years with all this rubbish and he's just transforming it into this amazing masterpiece. And just over the years... You know, the healing that I've experienced and the change that I've experienced, I can't even compare and uh, tell you what it used to be like.
0: (laughs) Mm. That word changes, so often we try and change ourselves. You know, we, we get taught that you can do anything, you can change it. If you just have a strong enough willpower, you can change you. Have you found that it's as you've just submitted? He's done the changing,
1: yeah, I think um for me when um it's been it's a uh, you know and I believe that salvation is a lifelong commitment and it's a it's a process and um and the more God shows you things about yourself that is that is not his way um And he calls us into repentance, and as we obey, we can be transformed in that area. And so, um, and there's a lot of that that's happened for me. So, when he calls me into something and he shows me something, you know, about myself that is not his way, um, I have the choice. I can either walk away and say, I can choose self, or I can choose his way. And if I choose his way, I have to come to him and repent and just obey the call. And when I've done that, I've found freedom. Yeah.
0: And that's one of the things you mentioned here that you've been set free through the power of forgiveness and your ability to love.
1: Yeah. I think, um, you know, growing up, there's been a. I, I carried a lot of. Unforgiveness, a lot of resentment, a lot of um, bitterness, and towards a lot of people. And so, you know, and like as God shows me that I can, He can lead me into, um, you know, and lead me into repentance. And as I obey, and as I'm led by the Spirit. I can be changed, and I am being changed and so um and then, as I read that and as I submit and as I bring my thoughts down into captivity and into the obedience of christ i will I am being transformed hmm. Hmm.
0: and what's what's your relationship like today with your mum and dad?
1: yeah, it's really good, yeah, I think it's really good um A lot of things are never talked about, and um, so, yeah, they don't like to talk about a lot of stuff, but I think it's quite good, and um, I've been able to to give that to God and allow God to judge um, the circumstances and the situations that have happened over the years, and that's able, I've been able to um, be set free from that and just allow God to do the work. Yeah. So... That's
0: awesome. Um, you know, not only does, does Christ help us, um, internally with, with struggles and and issues and, and, um, heal, um, that side of us, he also heals and can heal physical things. Um, and just three weeks ago, you shared a, a phenomenal testimony of just even what's happening at the moment with the twins. Uh, I just wonder whether you'd share with us again, uh, just that side of it as well, because that truly is a, is another, um testimony to the love of Christ and the power oh, yeah. of God.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. Um here, yeah, so I think it was a few weeks ago. Well, I think my husband's out there. Um so we ended up I had um so I'm pregnant with twins, I'm three just over three months now. And um we ended up at the A and E on a Thursday night and um The doctor told us that he thought that one of the bags around, because they're fraternal twins, so they're not in the same bag, they're in separate bags, and he thought that one of the bags had ruptured and that um, I was going to um, miscarry all the babies, and this baby would, one of the babies would die, and there was a bleed on the outside, And some of the placenta had come away, and they don't know what had caused it, but they said if this baby dies, then the other baby will probably die as well. And, um, he was quite sure at the A&E, and so, and I wasn't in any pain, and they didn't want to call the surgeons to come and extract the baby they wanted to allow the process to happen so they told us to go home and to come back the next day for the scan and to take the baby away because they thought that the baby had died and um so i was pretty upset (laughs) (laughs) and um and um jay was really comforting and he was saying no we've got to remember that god is in control and that um so we just we prayed and we prayed together and we us we just um we just thank god for everything that he was doing for us and we place the babies in his hands and we just you know and we acknowledged his sovereignty and his power and that he, we know that he gives life and he also takes it away. And whatever he chooses, um, that his will be done. And um, but we hoped and prayed that he, that he would want to heal sure. the baby. Yeah. Um, so we did that and um, we went home and then we went back to the hospital the next day and they did a scan before. I think they call it a DNC or whatever it is. So they did the scan, and um, I didn't want to look at the screen because yeah. I wasn't sure like what I was going to see because, yeah. you know. And so, um, yeah, and she just said, there's two heartbeats, and there's two bags, and there's a bleed on the outside, and some of the placenta had come away, but it was healing itself. Wow. Wow. So, And they don't know because the bag had ruptured and some of the wood had come out, but they don't know where that came from. And they know the blood had, you know, if they had been bleeding, and they know that, and they saw that the blood was, like the tear was healing. And it was just, yeah, we couldn't believe it. And I don't think the doctor at the A&E would believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to
0: explain that one away.
1: Yeah, so mm. he would have to, yeah. He was very sorry and all of that, but, you know, he was wrong. <laughs> mm. Yeah.
0: And that's just one story. There are, There's multiple stories in this community over the years of just God's supernatural, mm-hmm. as I said, not only emotional healing, but physical healing, mm. cancers, uh, yeah. tumors broken bones, backs being aligned and all those things. It's just his goodness towards us, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah.
0: What's that done for your faith?
1: Um, I, uh, wow. Um, I'm starting to really understand that God is sovereign and that he has a divine plan for each of us and it's so much more than what we see, you know, and he he lives outside of time and outside of space, and we find it so hard to comprehend that. And I, I, I mean, I don't even think we could comprehend God, but like, as he lives outside of space and time, and we... You know, I'm just starting to realise and really realise that God is sovereign over all. And that everything that we see with our eyes, with our natural eyes, and everything that we don't see, it belongs to God. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm starting to actually get that. <laughs>
0: mm. You mentioned um, your son before, and you mentioned losing your son. Um, mm-hmm. But um, you now have your son back, yes, which is just yeah. awesome, eh? Oh, it's amazing. Um, so, ha- yeah. so how's he doing now? How old is oh, your son um, now? He's fifteen. He's turning sixteen. Right.
1: Yeah, and um, oh, and so I mo- a couple of years ago, Jay and I got married, and um, and since we've been married, he has been living with us, and it's just been amazing. It's like we're this, f- we're a family, yeah. and um yeah, I've never, and it's healthy and normal and, That's awesome. yeah, and it's just, I feel like God has just done so much for me and he's just been so kind to me and given me so much that I just sometimes don't feel like I deserve that, but uh-huh. obviously he thinks I deserve it, so, and he, he thinks I'm, well, the Bible tells me that he thinks I'm precious. so Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and so he just continues to open his hand to me and give to me and, yeah, it's overwhelming sometimes. Yeah.
0: So not only um, has Christ uh, restored you, he has restored your uh, relationship with your parents. He's restoring your uh, relationship with your son. He has... Uh, found you a fine American man. <laughs> um, he 'd been married for two years um, which is just phenomenal and he's also just in the last three weeks just healed and continues to just bring forth life from you. Um, and I just feel to share this for everyone and this, this is Psalm 40 and it says this, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay. And he set my feet upon a rock, making my footsteps firm. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and will trust in the Lord. How blessed is the man, woman, who has made the Lord his trust. And uh, to me, that's you. And... um I just just the last question really was just sort of encouraging words for people that are here today may be in the same situation uh may have come out of uh, a similar situation uh may have not been any of that, but just are uh, seeking uh truth and seeking the reality of God. What would you like to say to to anyone that finds themselves in that situation
1: that doesn't know those. Mm-hmm. I would say to you, if you're sitting here today and you don't know God, I would say whether you whether you realize it or not, you desperately need God, and every time you wake up in the morning and every breath that you take, it's given to you by God. And every perfect thing and every good thing that you have, it's actually given to you by God, whether you realize it or not. And I don't know if you understand your desperate needs, but there's going to come a day where you will, you will understand your desperate need because it's actually God that takes life and He He, he gives it and He takes it back. And whether you have to get to that moment to know God or not, you you will come to that and. The Bible says that we brought nothing into this world and we take nothing out. And so um but I also want you to know that there is a God that desperately, desperately, desperately loves you and He loves you so much that He is he he died for you and He wants to be reconciled to you for all eternity. And um and He is a good God opens his hand and is kind to all men, whether they're just or unjust.
0: Mm. Mm. Um, I just want to thank you for sharing with us uh, today and sharing the intimate parts of of your journey. Um, And I know when we are vulnerable, it empowers other people to be vulnerable and it, it allows other people to relate and allows other people to to seek as well, because there is hope, and there is uh, a purpose found in him and um I just felt this morning as I was just sort of just just praying and stuff just to share um just a couple of scriptures because there may be um people with us today that that have never um put or yet to put your trust in this person called Jesus Christ and god um he's real um it's funny we we both at the same age. I was 29 when I made my decision as well. Um, But a book in the Bible, um, there's a guy by the name of John, and he was one of the apostles. He was one of the guys that were with Christ. And he wrote this, and Jesus cried out. So these are the words um, of Christ. He said, he who believes in me does not believe in me, but in him who sent me. And so you believe, as we're saying, you believe in my Father. He who sees me sees the one who sent me. I have come as light into the world, so that everyone who believes in me will not remain in darkness. And today we've just heard a testimony of someone who was in darkness, and a light came into the world. Jesus was a light, and John also says that although he shone in the darkness, the world did not understand him. If anyone hears my sayings and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. So Jesus came to save the world. And the world is people. It's you and I. Then he says this, He who rejects me and does not receive my sayings has one who judges him, which is the Father. The word I spoke is what will judge him at the last day. And what Hannah is sharing as well is there is a day of judgment coming for mankind and it is the last day. And we will all stand before a loving God. And sometimes we don't understand what that means because we have a definition of love in our own thinking. But Like any good parent, love is is both long-suffering and there is a discipline aspect. And God is a completely loving God, but he's also a righteous, holy God as well. And there is a day of judgment, as I said, coming where mankind will all stand before and we will be judged for who we are and what we've done. Hence Christ's coming and being this sacrifice for us to take what the Bible describes is sin because none of us are perfect. And so we all have this imperfect nature. We are born with it and it separates us from the Father. And Christ had to come and the Bible says reconcile us back to the Father through His death and take all of sin, which none of us can run away from. We can't, we, we are all sinners and take that on Himself. And so why did he come? He came to be a light for everyone who's found in this place of darkness. And I think the saddest thing is to not realize, and that's what I heard Hannah say, is that you may not even realize it because maybe life is good. Maybe you haven't been brought to the end of yourself yet. Maybe you have and maybe you've somehow in your own willpower managed to put some things in place because our willpower is very, very strong. But our willpower can still separate us from Him. And He came to set us all free, um, not to judge the world. And listen to what Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned. There's not one single person that is, that has, or that will be born that has not. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But then here's the great news. He who believes in the Son has eternal life. But he who does not obey the wrath of God, abides on him, but he who believes in the Son has eternal life. And Jesus said these words, he said, He who believes in me will never go hungry, and he who comes to me will never be thirsty. He who believes in me will never be hungry, and he who comes to me will never be thirsty. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who beholds the Son and believes in Him will have eternal life. And I myself, which is Christ, will raise him or her up on the last day, which is that day of judgment. And so when that day of judgment comes, we need to be found in Christ. Having acknowledged our dependency on Christ, otherwise we will face the wrath of a loving, holy God. And we will spend our eternity away from that God, the very God you and I were created to be with. And we do this a lot here. We just want to give every single person an opportunity to today acknowledge him as Hannah acknowledged him, as I acknowledged him, and as many other people here could tell you the day that they acknowledged him and invited him into their world and said, Lord, help, I've come to the end of myself. I receive you today, I receive your love, I receive your forgiveness. I ask you to cleanse me of this imperfect nature that causes me to sin and come into my life and help me and empower me walk this life out. And the Bible says if we will do that, and it's my experience, it's not just words on a page, it's what you've heard today, it's Hannah's experience, it's my experience, that he does and he will And he promises you, I will never leave you and never forsake you. And I will take what you give me and I will transform them into beauty. And he says this, he says, I've come to bring life and life of abundance. Life now and abundance now and in the future. Because eternity is a long, long time. And not about you, but I want to spend my entire eternity with the Father who created me to be with him. Is there anyone here that says, Greg, that's me, you're speaking to me today? Is there anyone amongst us that just says, I'm ready to make a decision? If there is, can you just give me a quick wave just so I can see? It's more just so we know because it's just a, a very profound but simple prayer we pray to receive him. The Bible says today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow, not next week. I don't know about you, but I'm great at putting off things. I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it tonight. But today is the day of salvation. Is there anybody with us today that says, I'm ready to make that commitment? It's no pressure. You'll know if you are, your heart will probably be beating a little bit quicker than normal. (laughs) Just one last time. Is anyone here? As you heard, there's a, a joy found in him, there's a peace found in him, and the enemy in ourselves will have us living in fear and keeping us outside of that. So if there's you maybe have some questions, if there's questions you'd like to ask um after today, feel free to come and see myself or Hannah or Paul on the front or Danielle, uh, Kirk, any other guys here, some of our elders, leaders. Um, you may have some questions. You can email them uh, to greg at therock.co.nz um, or just leave them with the guys out there and we can um, answer those questions. Um, this whole thing is a journey and it's a journey of life. And Once again, Hannah, I just want to thank you and uh, I just want to pray for you before we get the guys back on stage just to finish with one song and then um, we'll go have some coffee. So Father, I want to thank you for Hannah. I want to thank you for Jay. I want to thank you for your transformational power. Uh, Lord, I want to thank you for her her story today and her boldness and courage to share it with us today. Um, family and and friends and maybe some people that she doesn't even know here today. And so, Father, I just pray for everyone that is here and everyone that hears uh, her story, Father. And I pray, Lord, that, that we would be found in you and that we would commit our lives to you, um, because life is found in you, Father. Meaning, purpose, life and life abundance is found in you. And so I just pray for Jay and Hannah as they, as they walk this walk out. As, uh, the, these two beautiful children that are inside of them, I just pray for your ongoing protection and the, the life uh, to be birthed out of her father. And I thank you that you give life. Uh, we pray for Hannah, his son. We thank you for the reconciliation between her and her son. And I thank you that nothing is impossible for you. Nothing is impossible. And so Lord, we just thank you for your goodness. Lord.